Now we should just go on to the Paul's instructions concerning the younger women, the younger sisters. And I do have a, a particular burden for the younger sisters among us, that young sisters really need to be instructed with this kind of instruction. With, this will help them a lot, very, very much. Today, there is a, a lack, even in human society, of this kind of uh, instructions or teaching, generally speaking. And so the young generation grow up without the benefit of such instructions. And in a way, you can blame them living that kind of a way, you know, in an, surely in an ungodly way and in a loose way and in a, in a way that eventually brings damage to themselves and even destruction. And in the meantime, you know, causing a slew of problems uh, in, 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 in their path because, because they have not been taught properly. Of course, in the end, it is God's mercy what we will become. None of us can rely on our ability to succeed, to be good, to be proper. But I must, I must stress this matter. This is a very human thing, even among people who are unbelievers. If they are taught properly, they can, they would be more likely to live properly. Absence that kind of proper instructions. They don't know what to do, and they can only just follow themselves. There's no North Star. There's no guide. They're just left to their own devices, the flesh, you know, them imaginations, uh, and so on and so forth. And we should not, in the church life, we, we should. We, we do not have to go that way. And we should not go that way. All right, let's, uh, let's now read um, uh, Titus 2. Uh, we will start with uh, verse 4 here. Just one and a half verses to the younger women. That they, the older women, may train the young women. Remember the word train means to make sober, right? Uh, to cause to be sober or sober-minded to train the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be of a sober mind, pure, workers at home, good, subject to their own husbands, that the word of God would not be blasphemed. Now, I know, sisters, when you come to this kind of words, it's it's a bit tough. huh? Uh, it's almost like unfair. You know, all this kind of hard to do things are just kind of laid on the sisters' heads and shoulders. You know, in other places, at least it's fair, okay? Meaning, Paul said, husband, love your wives, and wives, submit to your husbands. At least that's fair, or fairer. Here it's not even fair. Here it says you have to love your husbands and submit to your husbands. It's like everything is on the sister. This is not fair. Well, what about the the man? What about the husband? They 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 they, they are um, they are uh, they can go away scot free. 
you know, no, no responsibility. It's all us sisters having to bear and tolerate and, and, and come under and, and, and go along and be good and be kind. And, and all these things are all put on the sisters and, and not on the brothers. Well, that's not quite true because if you go to verse six, um, uh, uh, all the way to, uh, <clears throat> Uh, to to verse eight, it's all on the young man. Okay, the young the young man. So it's not quite that way. But I would say this, on the other hand, that because such mm, burden, if you will, such um, uh, uh, instructions are given to sisters, uh, means that. Um, the sisters, I would say this is an honor to the sisters. This is um, this is a privilege to the sisters. This is this means the sisters is so important, so important in 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 the church life. Um, and I don't say this in a twisted way, okay, just to make you feel good. Oh, okay. No, no, no. I really mean that. I really mean that. God has made sisters sisters for a reason. Uh, female, females, for a reason. And the females are made in a certain way, created a certain way, for a reason. And they are now believers, sisters in the church, with that... Uh, uh, feminine um, uh, um, um, characteristics for a reason. And all this is eventually to fulfill God's economy. All of this is so that we can practice the church life according to his economy. Um, And and, uh, none of us should have the feeling, I wish I'm not a sister. I wish I'm a brother. Um, and uh, none of us should have the feeling, okay, you, Paul, you're just a bachelor. You don't know a thing about what what marriage is, what family is. So you say all these high words. You, you, I, I, I think we should put that aside. Huh? We should put that aside. It is good, I would say, for young, young sisters from the get-go, from when they're young in the church life, in the Lord, to adopt these this. Uh, this divine thought in the word of God to, I would even say once and for all subscribe to God's plan and intention for you, for a sister. And you are okay with that. You're good with that. Otherwise you may spend your whole life fighting, kicking and, and resisting and, and, and that's where all the feministic teach, uh, uh, philosophy comes in and becomes so popular these days, bringing ruin to society. This is, a, this is the truth. Bringing many, many problems today in society because of that kind of a thing. It's not just a matter of kind of reversing the order of God, going against God's order in God's government in God's creation, even according to God's natural laws. Um, 
It is not seeing, knowing the truth, seeing the reality of God, of this universe, of um, of humanity um, at all. And today we are in this realm, in the realm of God. And so we must have a different mindset. We must think differently according to the truth. And by the way, it says in Titus, this truth is according to godliness. The truth according to godliness. That means the kind of truth that is not just for mental information, just for doctrinal knowledge, biblical, you know, teaching. But the truth that is according to godliness, the reality, a certain reality that is according to the expression of God in the flesh or in human beings. The truth is for that. Eventually, dear sisters, the truth is not just for knowledge. It is for our walk. The, the John, the apostle, say, I rejoice because, my children, you walk in the truth. You don't just know the truth. You actually walk in the truth. And you are, we are not, we are, we should be lovers of the truth, Right? So I hope uh, even a little bit speaking like this, sisters, especially young sisters, from when you're young, you would have a proper view about these things. Things are all lopsided, tipsy-turvy. The philosophies of the world has just turned everything upside down. We need to come back to the word of God, right? And we need to see something, not just know something, but to see something, you know something, you can change your mind. But when you see something, you cannot unsee. It governs you. It controls you. Not by any man, not by any uh, uh, regulation, not by the law, for sure, of commandments, but by the reality. The reality controls us and governs us. We are just a different species different kind of people on this earth. All right, let's go with this. Yeah. Uh, in, uh, in Titus 2, 4 and 5, we just read, um, we see the, the young women are to love their husbands, love their children, to be of a sober mind, pure workers at home, good, subject to their own husbands, that the word of God would not be blasphemed. You see, Paul was concerned about the testimony of the word of God. <clears throat> that the word of God says this, but we don't live that way. We cause the word to be blasphemed and God's testimony in us to be reproached. Okay, two, train the young women to love their husbands, to love their children. Isn't this good? Isn't this good? Isn't this wonderful? Uh um, you know, um, I know, you know, it's hard to love the husband, sometimes hard to love the children. I know that. Um, but, but, but here it is, you know. <clears throat> Later on, it says, 
by the sisters um, living a certain way, uh, being a certain way, or even behaving in a certain way, according to the learning of Christ, brings in spiritual blessing. I would say in the marital realm, in the familial realm, for sure in the church realm. In the church life, we strongly emphasize the need of a proper married life and family life. The recovery is not just, you know, for good marriages and families. However, in the proper church life, we should stress a proper married life and family life. We know that that is under siege. We know that that is being attacked left and right left and right. And we in the recovery are definitely not immune to that attack, to that undermining, uh, to break up the, the, uh, the marriage and to uh, uh, tear apart a family. We know this. And so in a proper sense, we need to pay attention to this. Listen, the basic unit of the church life is, well, firstly, the individual saying, okay. But apart from that, the basic unit is one, the marriage, the couple. And number two, the family. Without which we can be spiritual, we can have all the truth, we can have all the things but we cannot have a strong church life. I pray um, um, uh, very much that there would be good and proper marriages and family in the local churches, in the Lord's recovery. Uh, Not just for enjoyment, although it would be, uh, not just for our boast, right? Uh, no, no. But so that the Lord can carry out his desire <clears throat> in our church life. I hope we can even pray for this. Even older sisters pray for this uh, in our church. Pray for the couples. Pray for the families that the Lord would knit us together and build us up or build them up. B, according to Paul's word, we desire that the sisters love the husbands and children in an absolute way. Well, I'm not going to get into the matter of love. That's a lot to talk about. How can we one, how can we love the unlovable how can we love when he is so bad? How can we love when he does not deserve to be loved? Well, I won't get into those issues. I just read the Bible to you, to us. Love their husbands and children. That's the New Testament teaching. And it must mean something. It must mean something when Paul mentioned it in quite a particular way. See, love is the very element, the inner substance of God. 
The goal of the book of Ephesians is to bring us into God's inner substance that we may enjoy God as love and enjoy his presence in the sweetness of the divine love and thereby love others as Christ did. Well, this is a whole whole matter of how to love. How we who cannot love can love and how those who are unlovable can be loved. Surely, it does not come from the natural man in our human capacity. It must come from a different source. There must be a different kind of love. And surely it is. It is God himself. Um, Well, you say, I cannot love. We all say this. I think we all, if we are honest, we all say this. My love ran out you know it it could only go so far Um, just like forgiveness I can only forgive so much I I just cannot do it anymore so here it says to love others as Christ did you know Ephesians 5 2 25 as Christ loved to love as Christ loved talk about learning of me talk about learning Christ. Talk about being conformed to the mode of Christ's death. Here it is. It's called the love mode. There's a love mode of Christ that all we can do is to what? Put ourselves as the dough in that mode and by the life-giving spirit within. And that mode is a kind of a cross. You know, the I don't think the dough is happy when it's kind of pushed down into the moat. It's a kind of dying, you know, it's a kind of a death. But it is by conforming to the death of Christ in that way that we can find the real love in our experience. Someone else is loving. Dear saints, this is this is very, very real, and it's time we apply these truths to our daily lives, marriage lives, family lives, and so on. I have to go on. The next Roman numeral, he says um, that young sisters have to be of a sober mind. I spoke quite much about this already, so I'm going to just read this section. Most people's minds are not sober. They are often confused, complicated, and sometimes peculiar or strange. Well, sisters, um, I would like to say, apply this. Uh, Sorry, I'm not here to be down on sisters, okay? Please. Uh, But I am saying that this is a fact, that oftentimes I find sisters, young sisters, their mind are just confused, just, just always in a confused state. Sometimes it's peculiar, just just strange. Sometimes um, uh, it is not here. I would say given to imaginations, just just over imaginative. You know, something that is not real is real to them. You see, and all these things have a way to even cause you to have even psychological uh, problems. You know. Um, 
And, and you know, we, we all know the psychological problem is mainly a problem of the mind. It's also of the heart, but mainly the mind part of the heart. So um, in this good, in a good sense, we need to train our minds, dear sisters, control our minds, be sober-minded so that we don't just, by default, let our mind get wild and drive us and propel us, you know, and, and, and make the, and, and cause it and, and, uh, uh, corrupt our decisions. Um, okay. The thoughts of some are wild, active and complicated before the Lord. Our mind should be as simple as possible. I like this. I like this. This is not to be, um, uh, a simpleton, you know, to be just kind of um, um, ignorant. Um, no, this is this this simplicity is the simplicity that is in Christ. You know, there in uh, in Corinthians, it says that uh, the serpent uh, corrupted the mind, the mind of uh, Eve. Yeah, corrupted the mind, and the the admonition there. The exhortation there is that we need to be a betrothed virgin to Christ, to one husband. Uh, we should uh, come back to the simplicity and singleness of Christ. See, the enemy's work is always through the mind. Whether it's in marriage and family, it's always the mind first. He knows where to attack. He knows where to send those fiery darts. And that is to hit your mind with threats with imaginations, with worries, with anxieties, and all kinds of things that is not real. He is the real, real accuser uh, when, you know, working in this way. We need the helmet of salvation, sisters, really. The young sisters, you need the helmet of salvation. The best course of action is to ignore confusing thoughts just ignore don't don't entertain the moment you entertain one the second will come and the third will come before you know it you have a cobweb in your head and you couldn't get out of it try as you may you couldn't get out of it you just fall prey to the enemy's strategy stratagem that is to create all of this complication in of thoughts in your mind to be of a sober mind means to think clearly and have a pure and clear discernment. This is a good word for young sisters. Learn to think clearly. We have sisters. They may have a master's degree in computer science, but they can think clearly. It's a different thing. It's just not smartness here, okay? Clarity is just not smartness, right? Uh, or in just mere intelligence, there's a clarity of thought. There's a sobriety of thought. There is uh, something called discernment. Discernment that, that is to able to make the proper judgment based on what's the available uh, information, right? Sober-mindedness indicates that our mind is clear and sober, not confused. Uh, practice to not have a confused mind, just 
always confused. Our mind should not be cloudy or foggy, but very clear and sober. When something happened, when this or that, or when you hear some information, you hear especially some rumors and talks, it's so easy for the sisters to, whoa, you know, you just give in to all those kind of thinking. Um, Satan, did the devil won already. It's best when you hear things, even for me too, to not react, to not believe so easily. Because they will just confuse you. They will just bring fog and clouds in. It's better not to react and respond. And surely don't pass it on, right? Just stop it. Time will always tell the truth. Time will always bring forth what is the facts. Your quick acceptance of certain information, and in some cases, uh, even your 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 uh, pass passing on of that information would damage family, church, and so on. See, therefore, girding up the loins of your mind and be sober. That's in First Peter. To gird up the loins of the mind means not to be loose in our thinking. We purify our soul by girding up our mind and by setting it on one thing not allowing to wander. Wander. See, that's the, the thing. The mind is wandering. During the day, it just wanders. Wandering in the wilderness, wandering over the sea, just wandering. You have to control your mind. Don't let it wander. Don't let it go wild. Yeah? Because our thoughts can travel so fast, we need to gird up the loins of our mind. In order to have a sober mind, we ourselves need to be responsible to exercise it. See, Brother Lisa, there's a human responsibility to exercise, to have a sober mind. That means it can be done, right? Gird up the loins, gird it up. Don't let it go. Don't let it, don't let it become loose and free. On the one hand, our mind controls us. It dictates and guides our decisions and behavior. On the other hand, dear sisters, how we control our mind. Don't let the mind, your mind control you and lead you. You control your mind and use it for the Lord and for, for your life. Um, when, if our mind is confused, we cannot, we will not be able to pray with clarity. When you read Hannah's utterance in prayer, Hannah, you know, Samuel's mother, go and read chapter one of Samuel again. You, you will get a lot of help. And by the way, the uh, the second half, the twenty four lessons on this for the sisters, are all on case studies, case studies of different females in the Bible. There's a lot of help there. Okay, you can sense that she, Hannah, not only had a shining spirit but a sober mind. Just read her prayers. Uh, look at her behavior, and even look at her, um, um, the whole process of having praying, having a child, and then offering Samuel, and, and all that. You just see, this is a sober lady here, not confused, not just um, 
he was very she was very emotional you know when she prayed just just like a drunken woman according to Eli right but even when she prayed like that she was sober just read her prayer you know her prayer i always say was not just a prayer that prayer for Samuel by Hannah is actually a Nazarite vow it's an oath that this woman is making for the son he wants to have from Jehovah right there that's a nazarite vow right there you could read it again since her mind was clear as a glass window the spirit of god could directly utter words of prayer through her spirit in a clear way you know eventually her prayer becomes god's prayer god's desire god wants a samuel but it needs a sister a, a, a person a human to pray and surely her prayer was directed by the spirit of god but yet it comes out not in a confused or wild way but in a very clear way uttering god's word uh, god's desire word for word she had the thought even of jehovah that's really really something okay e in order to exercise the spirit we must have a clear and sober mind god has not given us a spirit of cowardice but of power love and sober mindedness a spirit of sober mindedness right <clears throat> four pure or chaste workers at home good uh, uh, this is the the other qualities A Rebecca was chaste, kind and diligent. Uh even this morning as I was preparing I uh, look again, I read read again uh, Genesis 24 on how Abraham's servant uh found uh, uh uh Rebecca. And what Rebecca did, you know, giving the servant a drink, giving all the camels a drink and doing this and doing that and the, that the whole wonderful Uh, story um you can see uh what kind of person rebecca was and brother lee is making reference to rebecca as one who is like that chaste uh workers at home taking care of the home and good or kind kind kindness is the point here rebecca was chaste kind and diligent workers at home diligent in genesis 24:16 we're told that rebecca was very fair to look upon a virgin a beautiful young girl um rebecca was chaste and pure the ground of a marriage is the chastity of a wife a wife's base in her marriage is her chastity of course this applies to the man as well to be faithful uh um to to have fidelity but here we're mainly talking about the um the young woman here right okay two rebecca was also kind and diligent i like these very simple words kind just kind and diligent these are super qualities if you ask me super qualities of a young sister 
chaste, kind, diligent. When a not busy body, diligent is not busy body, right? <clears throat> when Abraham, Abraham's servant asked for a drink, she immediately gave it to him. She also drew waters for the camels. You know, you go back and look at it again, sometimes talking about marriage or getting married. This Rebecca was really, <laughs> I don't think there's many sisters as simple as that, you know. She said, yes, um, sight unseen. <laughs> Who would do that? I, I couldn't believe it. And here's just this man that showed up with camels. And and after she gave him some a drink and the camels, she just he just proceeded to put a ring on her nose and put a bracelet on her hand. And 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 the next thing is uh, this uh, servant talked to Laban, you know. Uh, the, the, she, her brother, and then told, told her, "Hey, uh, let's cut to the chase. I'm here to. I want this this girl for my master. You know, Isaac." <clears throat> and they say, "No, give her. We need ten days." And the the servants say, "No, I want it now." <laughs> and she said, "And Laban said, okay, let's check with her." And she said, "Yes, I'm ready to go." Now I'm not saying we should apply this. Uh, you know, uh, technically to to what we're to 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 ourselves. I don't mean, but I'm saying there is a certain simplicity that is very desirable. Today things are so complicated. You know, you know, um, 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 to be or not to be, to be or not to be. You know, this and that, and this and that. There is a certain beauty in this simplicity of Rebecca. Uh, the young sisters want to be under God's sovereignty, especially with respect to their marriage. They need to be kind and diligent. Now, this is not me. I'm just quoting Brother Lee. So, so if you are unhappy with it, be unhappy with Brother Lee, not me. huh? He said that if sisters who are not kind or diligent or chaste or something, it's better that they don't get married. <laughs> it's a very strong word. Quote, okay, quote, this is not me speaking. Uh, but I think he was making a point that if you want to have a good marriage on your side, the brother has, her, has his side, her, on your side are these few things that Paul uh, instructed. Very wonderful. Last, uh, they should be subject to own husbands that the word of God may not be blasphemed. A, a fleshly man cannot submit. No one, no one can submit. Man of the flesh, which we all are in our natural life, none of us can submit. If you are of the flesh, you cannot get married. You have to realize that only a spiritual person can marry. Then you say, whoa, how the whole world is not spiritual people. They got married too. Well, I think he is trying to make a particular point to us who are believers. That means you need to see beyond just marriage as, oh, I love you. You love me. What, what, what? Here, uh, we're helped to see something further. That is to be married and to stay married 
and to have a good marriage, the flesh cannot make it. The flesh will fail sooner or later. Some some fail earlier, some fail later, but eventually the 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 flesh cannot main, maintain it. <clears throat> we have to be a certain kind of person with certain kind of qualities um, to maintain that marriage. All right, and here we're talking about this difficult to do thing called submitting and even subjecting, in this case, of a young wife to her own husband. I hope this will help us to see beyond just the commandment. Okay, subject yourself, submit yourself. I hope we can see beyond that, beyond that. What's behind it? What's behind it is not the flesh. The flesh can try to keep these commandments and will fail uh, greatly. We need another life. But we also need to conform ourselves to Christ's mold. We also need to learn Christ and exercise ourselves according to these instructions, with the help, of course, of the Lord himself and his life. When we are filled in our spirit by the process, try in God and let the word of Christ dwell in us richly. We enjoy the dispensing of the divine trinity in the divine transformation for the divine confirmation. Conformed. A wise submission should not come out of, should come out of the infilling of the spirit, not out of an outward deliberate attempt to be submissive. Very, very clear because it does not work. Maybe it works a little bit, but in the end, it is not, as the word says, not from the heart. It's just gritting of teeth, we submit, but not something from the heart, because you touch the source of submission, of true submission. See, the word of God properly and adequately taught in a local church should be testified to by sisters' submission to their own husbands. Otherwise, the word of God may be blasphemed, ill-spoken of, reproached. Um, I think there's one lesson, and that is uh, using what Brother Lee spoke in 1964 or 5 in Los Angeles, early, early days, where Brother Lee mentioned the Four functions of a sister. Function. You guess what is the first function? I always think it's prayer or something like that. No, it's not. He said the first function of the sister, the first service of the sister, is to submit. That's what he said. It just shocked me. It just shocked me. That's not a function. That's an attitude. That's 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 a condition. That's not a function. He said, that is a function. My, then suddenly, lights went on in me. Wow, wow. Just the sisters, by their being submissive, they're serving, they're functioning, they're contributing to the Lord's testimony. Of course, the same thing goes for us, men and brothers as well. D, finally, finally, If a wife is subject to her husband, 
she always brings in spiritual blessing. Dear sisters, humility and submission will always, always be the source of divine blessing. Of course, oneness is the other big factor of divine or secret to divine blessing. But I will tell you, in marriage life, family life, church life, our submission, submissive heart, um, will always be the key to all the heavenly blessings from God. Okay, I stop here.